Hey guys, we are back. We are on episode 20. Help me out there. Five? I think it was five. 25. Yeah. We're on episode 25. God, we are really good at this. Yeah, it is. It's episode 25. Last one was 24. Um, we are doing our Skype podcast again. We're going to have another go at this. Um, hopefully the uh, the audio was all right last time. It seemed to be. Um, Ashley yeah. is over in Norwich. I am over in Derby, and I am Chris Frossin. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook as uh, as at Chris Frossin, uh, Chris Frossin Photography on Facebook, and you can find me everywhere as as that as well. ChrisFrossin.co.uk if you want to go onto my website and send me a message. And uh, my co-host is Ashley Kine. You Yay! can find me on uh, Facebook. Round of applause, Ashley. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I was clapping yeah, all the way through that. Just... You'll have to do it again. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> I was do- I was doing uh, your fans. You've got some groupies. Really? I don't that know. Have you not? You must have. You're that like a famous author. You must have groupies. Definitely not. Did you have groupies when you went on tour? I'll tell you what, the, the, they did get pretty crazy the further east we went in Russia, but we were told that's because no bands ever bothered to tour out there. <laughs> so they, 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 they flood, they, it's just so far to drive, they just never bother. Okay. Um, so we got some good, you know, I mean, because they, they didn't know the songs, they, they didn't know who the hell we were. Did they you know, even speak English? Just, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of them did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, at least rudimentary English, yeah. Fantastic. Um, cool. Which is, which is pretty cool. That, that's yeah. that's uh, for another podcast, Ashley's Touring Stories. We'll do, we'll do a podcast yeah. just on that. <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't got many, but certainly some of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can string them out for an hour of half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where can people find you, Ash? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Complete Calisthenics on Facebook, um, Ashley Callum on Facebook as well, um, you can have me on there, uh, at Calisthenics UK on Twitter, um, it's the same on Instagram as well, we've got Archers MOA on Instagram. We have, we've got um, Archers um, MOA on Twitter as well. Ah, New Targets, that's what we're going to talk about as well, this yeah. printed. Um, totally forgot about that. See, we're doing too many things, Chris. <laughs> we're yeah, not I doing too many things, we're, we're prioritising, we're not busy, we're prioritising really well. Prioritising, yeah, prioritising. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, what did you have? Did you have any subjects? Um, well, I've got. Um, I'm just finishing off. I did my because obviously I've been doing photography now for uh, well, pretty much five years now, four or five years um, in terms of a job professionally, um, full time for the last like year and a half. And I shot my first wedding a couple of weeks ago, which I always said I would never do. Um, nice. But I got to the stage. I think I might have mentioned it on a podcast before. Um, I've got to a stage where I'm like, well. If I can't help my friends out when they ask me to photograph their wedding, then I'm doing something wrong. I can't just say, I'm sorry, I don't do weddings. So I said yes to uh, one of my friends. Um, he asked very, very nicely if I, if I could shoot his wedding. He said, look, I really like your photography. Um, would it be all right if you uh, broke your rule? I know you don't normally shoot, shoot weddings. Uh, would it be all right if you broke your rule and, and shot mine? So I had to think about it and said yes. So we went down, shot that wedding. It was down in Torquay. Um, I was expecting to be really nervous. I was, I was, I had like pre-nervousness. So for the first, for the week before, I was like preemptively thinking that I was going to be nervous on the day, which was really weird. I was like, oh God, I'm going to be really nervous on the day. What am I going to do sort of thing? And I got down there, I was driving down and I love the drive down the M5 anyway, because I've got lots of friends in Bristol. So it's a, it's a familiar drive to me and I know where all the services are and it, puts a big smile on my face because it basically reminds me of um, going to see my friends. 
So I was driving down the M5, uh, had music on, in a really good mood. Got down to Exeter Services at 9 o'clock in the morning, because uh, I left at 5. And um, had some breakfast down there, had a um, really cool big fried English breakfast. And turned up at uh, Colleen's house, or Colleen's friend's house, where she was getting getting changed and getting ready. And I was just buzzing for the rest of the day. I wasn't, wasn't nervous in the slightest. I was just excited and buzzing for the rest of the day. So it went it went like an absolute dream. Went really well. Really enjoyed it. And um, awesome. we went down after the service. We went to the reception and we waited until half past five. And we went down to the went down to the waterfront down by the pier. And they've got multicoloured lights that are strung up down on the pier down in Torquay. So um, we went down and did all the all their wedding photos down there, which was really cool. So. Took a flash down, and they got flashed at and hooted at by um, a fair few passers-by and drivers and bus drivers and stuff. But it was really cool. That's awesome. And then uh, I pretty much passed out at about two o'clock in the morning. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. You drink? No, no, I was drinking water and uh, orange juice all night. One, one, one of the ladies bought me an orange juice, which was cool. And um, but no, I was drinking water. Um, I don't drink anyway, and that's I'm not. um, I'm too professional to drink at a wedding that I'm being paid to photograph. <laughs> it, it just oh, sounded... Yeah, no, no, I thought you meant like, a, you know, the guys went out afterwards or something. Oh, right, no, no. Just from, t- just from tiredness then? No, yeah, it was just from tiredness. Yeah. I, I was just, <laughs> I was shattered. Um, I was literally buzzing all day, so that was really cool. So I've been working through and editing some of those, and they'll be uploaded onto my website and sent off. They're currently on their honeymoon in Australia. So wow. I'm going to send them a link um, over the next couple of days, and hopefully they'll be like, they're really cool, thank you very much. So... And um, yeah, because I've said yes to that, um, within about two weeks, I think I've had five other friends ask me, so I've said yes to them as well. So yeah, <laughs> just, just good little yeah. So it's nice to help you make start good little money yeah. earner as well, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like I was like I was saying, it's if I've if I've got here and I'm not in a position to, or if I've got to this position and I'm not able to help my friends out when they ask, then I'm doing something wrong. So. Yeah, it was. It, was, it was really good. Taking time. photos, it's not going to make you a worse photographer, is it? I mean, it's all experience and it's all more time behind the camera is, is only going to make you a exactly. photographer, regardless exactly. of what subjects, probably. And it's that yeah. the, the, they everybody says, oh, "I don't, I don't want you to not enjoy the wedding, but I would like you to come and shoot our wedding." I'm like, "Well, I'm taking photographs at your wedding, and it's it's one of those things. I'm, weddings aren't particularly my thing, and." Going to then, I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. And if it's a friend's wedding, it's like, oh, cool, yeah, my 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 friends are getting married. It's really cool. I'm I'm really happy for them. Um, but still, it's a wedding, so because I get to photograph at it as well, it just adds another layer of this is this is really cool. So it's because I'm photographing, I'm not not enjoying the wedding, if that makes sense. Um, mm. So everybody's always worried. Oh, I don't want you to not enjoy it, sort of thing. I'm like, well. well that's not that's <laughs> that's not going to happen because I'm taking photographs at your wedding and I wouldn't have said yes if you weren't of, of a certain level of friend where I consider you um, a friend that I could help sort of thing if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm, sure, trying, yeah. I'm trying to get the words out, but um, yeah, yeah. Plus, so, it's kind of like you're you're. Are you a bit muffled? Are you a bit away from the microphone? Can you hear me now? That's better. Ah, there we go. And plus. It, you know, if you're taking pictures and you're you're you know recording those memories of that day for them, that's 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 a 
That's another plus, isn't it? Really, it's yeah. another way a way of enjoying it. Yeah, um, and I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy it if I was. Uh, that's one of the things that's going to go in my photography um, diary as well. It's going to be you, 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 you have to create every day. You, you should be creating something every day, and um, like like when I had the wheel bearing come, I hadn't taken any photos that day, so I was like, well, I'm going to take half an hour and I'm going to take make make some photographs of this wheel bearing because I've got an idea in my head of what I want to do. And that was the the one thing that I created that day, and uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 important. So if if one of the things that you can create that day is some images of your friend's wedding, then that's a pretty bloody good day in my head. Huh? Mm. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, very good, yeah. Um, yeah, I was I, I was talking to you before we started, wasn't I? About that uh, that guitar that I built. Yes. Well, not built. Well, yeah, you kind of that I renovated. I suppose. Resto yeah. mod. Uh, so for anybody that didn't know, I had a guitar built by a company called Ran, uh, out of Poland. Um, but I've also, or before I decided to have that built, or before I decided to go for the scallop fretboard on that guitar, um, I thought I needed to have a go at scalloping a fretboard of, of my own, just to, just to have a play on it to see if it was for me. Because they're, they're noto- not notoriously rare, but it's very hard to find a, a scalloped um uh, a guitar with a scalp fretboard in any shop that you can have a little demo on. Yeah, I've uh, never I mean, seen I one. didn't know anybody. I don't think you knew anybody with one. At no, all. I've never seen one. Um, yeah, yeah, I've <coughs> never seen one. So Excuse I thought uh, Siobhan had like an old, old cheap guitar that she bought for about 20 quid, you know, like five years ago or something. So she said, right, I think I helped her out doing something. She said, you can have that and just do with it, with it what you want. You can experiment on it and try a scalp fretboard. So do with me what you want. <laughs> and it just, it, for some reason, just just the neck and the, the deepness of the scallops and the height of the frets and thickness of the frets, um, uh, uh, j- j- it's just amazing to play. Amazing yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, it's got quite high action, but that makes rhythm playing just it makes the notes pop um, more. You know, especially out of the amp, it's just there's really good note separation. Um, so then I just I gutted all the electronics. I took all that. It had a horrible sort of black purpley sparkly finish so i just yeah. sanded that all off it took ages yeah the whole day so, so it's just the bare wood um took the neck pickup out replaced the bridge pickup with a, an emg81 which is kind of like a, a heavy rock uh heavy metal type guitar pickup you know it gives up quite sort of hot rodded um crunchy sound okay um and it's awesome it's, it's it's so nice in fact i would even say it's slightly more enjoyable to play than, than the ran just under the fingers wow. and the actual action of playing it i don't know what it is it's just maybe it's just the fretboard or, or the way you know the deepness of the frets and things um or the tension of the strings i'm really not sure it's just got that sort of x factor cool um so obviously because my ran is a very different guitar it's seven string the neck is a lot thinner thick. Oh, so it sort of, okay sort of facilitates faster playing so it's thinner um, but wider yeah, it's a little bit wider. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it is a beautiful guitar. It has amazing sound and everything. But the 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 I don't even know what that, this this guitar is called. I think it's like a cruiser or something. Um, I was sounded the name of the headstock, so I can't remember now. Um, but then I thought, well, as it's a bolt-on neck, I thought about building a, a, a an actual body shape that I like, and then putting that on there because the shape body that's on there at the moment is absolutely horrible. Then it got me thinking about you were saying you were looking to build your own guitar. Yeah. Um, and I wondered how far you'd got with that or if you'd thought about it anymore. I've, I've not thought about it anymore. Um, I'd kind of done all the planning and, and looked into it and found, um, found some of the places that do the guitar blanks. 
Um, uh, initially, I was thinking that I wanted to make it out of one piece of wood, but mm. the actual price of getting one piece of wood is is quite expensive, and everybody seems to make them out of two pieces of wood. So you get you get a plank, um, you cut it in half, and then you you open it up like a butterfly, and the grain therefore is symmetrical on either side, um, yeah. and that and, and then you glue that glue those two pieces together, and that creates your guitar blank that you kind of cut out of. Um, so I kind of sketched out a few shapes uh, and that was actually one of the things I was going to talk to you about um, in uh, as in what shape the guitar um, or what shape guitar you like because I, I tend to like um, the the strap that I've got or the strap copy that I've got I quite like that shape but I, um, I, I can kind of envisage one with a slightly longer horn on the top um, yeah but just in terms of the shape and how comfortable it is to play I was going to pick your brains and see if there was any uh, areas that you would skim, um, skim wood off or, or remove, um, because. But then I know that you like playing different, uh, very different shaped guitars anyway. Um, well, I mean, the, the van that I've got is is that that sort of super strap shape. Yeah, that was it's, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a strap shape, you know. It's got like yeah. two horns on the on two, one horn on top, one horn on the bottom. Um, double cut away, you know. It's got room that you can get your hand in and play all the high notes. It's nice. Uh, it's nice. I like it. We should put yeah. send, send me a photo and I'll put it up on the on the Twitter page. Oh yeah, I will do actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a photo of it when I'm when I'm um, when I'm done this and then I'll yeah, yeah in decent light. You know. Whatever you've just done, um, you're just suddenly so much clearer. So stay wherever you are. <laughs> stay around. Yeah. Yeah. Just here. Yeah. Perfect. What was I saying? Yeah. So, but then I used to play a lot of flying bees and and um, sort of more aggressive looking. Um, metal shapes, you know. Oh, that um, that one with the album cover on it that you had that I can never remember the name of the album was so cool. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, you do. the the Megadeth, The one with the Megadeth album cover on it. Oh right, yeah. The, God, um, that was cool. That was that was called the. Well, it was a Dean guitar, but it was uh, it was the Rusting Peace model. That's the one. There um, I can never so remember had, the name of that had, album for some reason. Yeah, it had the artwork from Megadeth's Rusting Peace album kind of like on there, so it was like a really deep. Um, electric blue yeah. and like sort of, with dark dark tones, and it had like a um, it had their sort of mascot on there, and, and a few other little bits and pieces. That was that was really cool. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I've always that, found I've cool. always found bees very comfortable to play. Well, they're comfortable to play stand up. They're comfortable to play rhythm wise because the, the hand for me is just in a nice, or the picking hand is just in a nice position. Okay. Um, but then I really like the explore shape. Um, so that's sort of made famous by. James Hetfield, I suppose, yeah. um, which is kind of like a, a it, it uses a bit more wood and it's a bit more, uh, but it's comfortable to play sitting down. You can still get decent fret access, um, but there's something about it. It just looks quite, I don't know, really. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit smoother than a flying bee. It's not quite as aggressive, but it's still, yeah. still kind of like a bit rocky. So I, I googled the Explorer shape um, before we started podcasting, so I know what the shape looks like. Um, so wh how is that? So okay, so the, the, obviously I've I'm not played guitar for very long. Uh, I've not played any different shapes guitar um, shapes off guitar. What does the shape of the guitar do to the playing experience in your in your opinion? In my opinion, it, it mostly well. If you've got a deep cutaway on the bottom, it allows you to access the frets. Well, I'm on the top. It allows you to access the upper frets a little bit easier. So on like a Les Paul shape, uh, who would play something like Slash plays a Les Paul? Yeah, so you can get um, right up high. 
No, it's a little bit harder to get on the higher frets. Okay. I've I found um, the strats is a little bit easier to get higher, um, but then they only tend to have twenty-one frets. Um, for me, it's more for me it's more with the with the picking hand, just the, the angle and the approach and the feel of the picking hand, um, because the, your the body will be in contact with more or less uh, forearm or wrist or uh, whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, so th- so just the angle that the, that the hand approaches. Um, so, I find the Explorer type guitars, like the James Hetfield ones, I find those a little bit easier to palm mute on, and I can get a better palm muting sound. Okay. Um, which is kind of like for anybody who doesn't play guitar or know what that means, it's kind of like when you play guitar with like a heavy electric um, gain sound, you know, like high gain sound. Um, you play the strings and you mute them at the same time with kind of like the fleshy part part of your of your hand. It creates like a chunking chug sound, um, kind yeah. of like you'd hear like Enter Sandman or, or other sorts of songs like that by Metallica. Cool. Um, so I find I find that that kind of technique easier to easy to achieve. I, I get a better sound out of like an Explorer type guitar. Um, but then again, other people might might not be able to do that. It's it's all sort of personal preference yeah. how you how you pick and hand approaches the. But that's uh, that's the, the that's the deciding factor of of or oh, that's the. Um, that's one of the things that affects the playing style. It's, it's, uh, the, the I think so, yeah. Thing. And it's, it's just personal preference as well. Really. I mean, yeah. you, know, you, get, you get guys that can play any sort of shape guitars or, or they play lots of different shape guitars. I know I've been listening to quite a lot of Ice Earth recently, okay. kind of like a, a power heavy metal band um, from the States. And John Schaefer is just, just one of the best rhythm players ever. Um, but I was, in terms of like the right right hand picking, very very tight picking, very very complex rhythms, and he's just just an amazing guitarist. The perfect time, you know, locks him with a drummer. It just sounds amazing. Um, but he oh, plays Les Pauls. He plays Explorer style. I think he plays some Flying Bees. And he also in the studio, he also plays kind of like Gibson hollow body jazz uh, shaped guitars with a big big sort of um, symmetrical body. Oh wow. Um, but he says because it's semi semi hollow because like a hollow body, you get. a you get some just resonance. a better resonance. Yeah. Whereas live, it would be you, you'd get too much feedback and stuff. You couldn't use them live, right? Um, but he's obviously able to. You know, they're vastly different body shapes, but he's obviously able to play them with as much skill as as any of the other ones he plays. Yeah, um, I mean, so it's, some, it's, so it's when we were playing when, when I used to play tennis as well. It's like a, a good tennis player can play your tennis with any tennis racket, but it, if they find the right tennis racket, then they can play phenomenal tennis. Um, yeah. So I mean, I could I could play tennis with any tennis racket I picked up, but mm. if as soon as I picked up my tennis racket, I was like, oh, it's so nice to have this back in my hand again, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I'd imagine it's a similar, or if I could imagine, I would imagine it would be a similar kind of feeling when you picked up your guitar, sort of thing. I um, think so. Yeah. So yeah, compared comparing your the the one that you're kind of working on at the moment, compare that to the Ram. Yeah. So you say that you say your little. Um, Project is nicer to play. Is that is that in some, in some respects it is? Yeah, it, it definitely feels more primitive and more. Oh yeah, you you can tell that it's two pieces of wood bolted together. Right. You can but tell the it's ram, two, you know, the neck is separate from the body. You had the ram um, built in for a specific purpose as well, didn't you? Because it's obviously a seven string. And... Yeah, I, even if it's a six string, it would play sort of much the same. But the ram's a lot. It's a lot smoother and a lot more. Um, what the word be? Um, it, it's a lot more clinical. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's. Uh, you do, I, I don't feel the 
I don't feel bends or vibrato uh, uh, come through as much on the run, um, which is really strange. But it, it it might be you might be talking millimeters difference in terms of like the the string height or yeah. the neck width or you know just the way the hand approaches the the. Uh, um, like the string angle and things. It, I wonder if it's yeah, a similar, it's... similar thing. You remember when we went and um, did that second shoot with Jim and he brought his cotton mouth along and we were asking him about the string and the setup that he had on that and he said he was using a... Um, I can't remember what he said now. Was it a Decron string? Mm, yeah. Um, he, he was using a really fine uh, string that wasn't very elastic and he said it's not really designed for this bow but it, it, it just... He wanted to make the bow really unforgiving so that he had to really concentrate when he was, or, or work really hard to, to get the best out of it kind of thing. Um, yeah. So if he, if, he, if he messed up the release, he wouldn't miss by a couple of inches, he'd miss by a couple of feet because it was that unforgiving. Um, yeah. But it was also, um, very, like you say, very, very clinical. So um, if, he, if he got everything right, it was absolutely on the, on the, on the bullseye sort of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Sometimes it's, it's hard to put your, your finger on things, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, it's like they always say that, you know, German sports cars are a bit clinical and boring to drive, and, but where it's like Ferraris aren't. Or, or, but, you know, and it's like, well, the, the tolerances, you know, with cars like that are going to be much the same, I would have thought. You know, the, the, the sort of quality of craftsmanship are going to be pretty pretty much there. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't really know. I mean, I'd say, I'd say that the sort of Frankenstein project guitar, you know, that I've got, it is... It's more fun to play rhythm, but the the run is probably better for playing lead and things. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, but I think it might. It, it could just be the the depth of the scallops. I mean, I've I've never seen. Uh, I mean, the scallops on the run are particularly deep for a sort of production custom guitar, but the ones on my Frankenstein guitar are ridiculously deep. I mean, just because I was able to go yeah, much deep yeah. because the neck's really thick, and you literally you can't touch the wood on on you know, can't touch the fretboard wood. Oh, even can if you, you tried? Can you on the rack? Uh, you, you can in certain places, yeah. Okay, so the, yeah. so the scallops aren't quite as severe. Yeah, yeah, no, nowhere near. Oh nowhere right, near. okay. Yeah, um, but that that was about as that was about as deep as you could go with like, with the neck structure, you know, um, without sort of going you know right into the neck. Um, I mean, it's, there's still, you know, for somebody that's not used to playing on a scallop guitar, it's still extreme. But the, the uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a guitar now with with non scallop fretboard. I just couldn't do it. Oh, cool. Um, which is why I'm so, I'm so, uh, yeah, I'm so sort of enamoured by this, um, by this neck that I've scalloped myself because there's just something about it, where, you know. And I can only put my <laughs> finger on the fact that they are so deep. Yeah. Um, and the frets feel so high that it's kind of like well, you know, your fingers sort of. Dancing over the top of it felt incredible as soon as I picked it up and played it, um, just because it was a completely different experience. And it was actually one of those eye-opening experiences for me, in that mm. I always thought that you had to push the string all the way down to the fretboard, um, rather than just make it touch the fret. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. So as, as soon as I as soon as I realised you didn't have to do that, uh, and obviously the the space underneath the string as well because of the scallops makes it more uh, obvious and more evident that you don't have to do it as well and it makes it easier to access the fact that you don't have to do it obviously mm. um, but it was just so it just felt so much more natural and easy to play I don't know why it's not a more popular thing 
But, I think um, it's probably quite. It's just another stage in a manufacturer that's just. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably just quite unnecessary to set up a machine. You know, they'd, they'd probably have to have. I suppose if they had a 21 or 24 fret guitar, if they wanted to do it all in one go, they'd have to have some sort of jig setup with files or routing routing bits. You know, 20, yeah. 21 or 24 different sizes. Yeah, and they'd have to go. You know, it. Yeah, but then if you are just, a guitar, um, if you are a guitar producer, then you should, that's the kind of thing that you should have. I would thought. Anyway. Probably yeah. Um, going back to your your like initial question, um, yes, I have kind of looked into it. Um, there are a few places that uh, do the guitar blanks, so um, I, I think I think that's probably something that we could probably should probably kind of get our heads together and do together. Uh, Absolutely, and, and yeah. order order at the same time, sort of thing, and then we can swap ideas as we kind of go along. Um, yeah. And also, obviously, I'd, I'd, I'd love some advice on because I haven't got the neck. Um, I could use the neck that's on my little PV. Strap copy thing. Is it is it a bolt on? Is yeah, it a it's a bolt, bolt on. on yeah, I've I've got it off. It's here. I'm holding it in my hand now because I've obviously got it off because I'm scalloping. I'm in the process of scalloping at the moment. Uh, I'd I'd go for that. I mean, because there there's enough wood there. You know, I mean, it, it's as long as it's straight, as long as it's got the truss rod in there. You, yeah, you know, it's yeah. if you know if you paid a lot of money for a decent neck, would it would it make a difference? The only Perhaps, thing the yeah, only thing but, I'd change would be the the wood because it's it's a cheap wood. Um, yeah. So, but then uh, on the flip side of that, it, it is a bolt-on. So I could pop it on, make the base, make the body out of. Well, I'd kind of like to make the body out of something like babinga or or ash. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I could bolt that on and then have the guitar and then unbolt it and, and get, kind of get a new neck. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely. That's something that we should we should uh, address at some point. Yeah, we should absolutely cool. do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That could be in our. Um, yeah, production. Do you have anything else? Because I've got a couple of a couple of things, but I don't know if you had a. I think we've probably got time to kind of go through the, the Archers MOA stuff because uh, we've had some. Ah, yes. We've had some yeah. cool stuff happen on that, um, which we I don't think we've really spoken about. Um, yeah, no, we haven't. Actually. So just kind of going back and, and refreshing everybody's memory, um, we started very very quick refresh. We started doing archery. Um, God, what was it? Be eighteen months ago. Yeah, yeah it was about 18 months ago. Yeah. So about 18 months ago we started archery, um, and then we um, I went traditional, so I've got long bows and recurve bows, and Ash went, um, as you've heard, he's, he's gone to the compound. Uh, we ended up developing these targets, um, which uh, they're called Archer's MOA targets, and they're, they're using um, a thing called Minute of Angle, which allows us to give you an accuracy rating and a score, and it also gives you, a, uh, in essence, a handicap system so that I can compete with Ash or against Ashley um, in a in a almost a level playing field kind of competition. Um, mm. So we've uh, we sorted out some target papers. We had them printed. Uh, we've learned from our mistakes, um, and we've developed and improved, and we are now uh, in the process of making kind of kind of. Um, Number two, sort of thing. Yeah, version uh, two. Evolution number zero. two. Yeah, um, Archer's MOA 002, which is which is kind of cool. Um, so you you kind of ran away with it. Well, you didn't run away with it, but you ran with an idea, and I was because I, I had a, a million shoots on at the time when you were kind of running with it. So I kind of caught up yeah. at the end of every day, and you were like, "Oh, look at this idea! Look at this idea! Look at this idea!" And they were all yeah, coming in, and they were awesome. really yeah. really cool stuff. So. 
Well, I had yeah, the opportunity to kind of like shoot every day. As long as it wasn't raining, you know, I could just step out the door for sort of 10, 20 minutes and just try some things and just yeah. just keep, you know, keep the shooting mechanics going and stuff and just, you know, keep practicing and getting better. Um, but yeah, so now we've got, we've got two, haven't we? We've got, we've, we were using a B1 size paper, which for those of you who don't know is, is just like Shoot. a, it's like A1, but B1 is, is it bigger? Oh, it's, uh, but it's kind of like printing way around it standard. Is. Yeah, it's, oh um, God, which way around is it? I can't remember. I've got them scribbled down, but anyway, a, a B1 anyway. is like a, yeah. a huge, it's, I don't know what size it was. Uh, it was 900 by 700 millimetres. That's right. right. Yeah, so it was so nearly a metre long. So it, it printed on sheets of paper because we thought this was going to be the, the best way to go about it. We thought we were going to make large square uh, artery paper targets. Um, and this was the only way that we were going to be able to do them. We, we, we had to get them printed on this, this large sheet. Um, and we've since decided to uh, kind of alter that and change that. So we're now doing, uh, what is it, A3 now? Yeah, I mean, uh, we did lots of different, um, yeah, sort of, you know, test ones. Then we were thinking we, the biggest circle target or, you know, um, uh, yes, yeah, circle shape that we use on the, on the paper is 10 inches. Yeah. Well, 10 inches fits on an A3 size quite nicely. Um, so we had, we've got one target that's, 10 inches down to one inch. So you've got ten, a 10 circle, a nine circle, an eight circle, and so on. Um, and then from sort of 10 to six, that's one color, um, where it's black with white lines. And then from five down to one is, is white with black lines. So you, your eyes drawn, you know, focuses in. So you can use that type of target from, you know, anywhere from 10 yards to 100 yards. Um, then we do another one with three smaller uh, five inch or starting from five inch going down to one inch circles or targets. Yes. Um, kind of like a bit of similar to like a, a Las Vegas um, style style face, which is three targets stacked on top of one another. Yeah. Um, on like a, on like a, you know, a, a, a sort of A3, A4 type rectangle um, paper size. Uh, but yeah, but it's much, much cheaper to, to get hold of. Yep. Um, they come in many different you know, paperweights and thicknesses. So we yep. can, I've, I've ordered a load of samples and I'll, I'll pick those up today. So first thing tomorrow, as long as it's not raining, fingers crossed, uh, I'm going to get outside and shoot some of those. Fantastic. Um, so we've got, I think we've got 120 GSM, 135, 160 and 200. Um, and just from the initial feel, one, 200 is definitely too thick. 160 might be too thick as well, but 135s, feels about perfect. See, I remember um, kind of going through all those um, initially and um, the 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 first lot of um, paperweights that we had come in, they were the same same thing. It was 120, what was it? 120, 150, 160 and 200. I think it was I that. We, so, had, yeah. we, had, we had four come in and um, we weighed one of the archery targets that we had. We had a field archery target. It was a massive field archery target and we weighed it and that was 130 grams per square meter. Um, mm. That was that was how heavy the paper was. And but the thing was that the, the density of the paper was nowhere near as tight as the paper that we got from our um, the printing company that we, we decided to use. And yeah. um, therefore, the 130 that we went with with them was so thin, but it was really compact. So it. It, it kind of weared really well, but it, on the flip side, it was really thin. 
Mm. Whereas yeah. the 130 that I think you've got now is slightly less dense than the 130 that was on the um, the field archery target. Um, mm. It's 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 less dense, so it's, it's the paper itself is thicker. Um, so there's, there's there's just seems to be more substance to it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're looking, be, looking forward to seeing how they see shoot. Which, yeah, how it sort of reacts to arrows being yeah, shot into it and pulled definitely. out of it and stuff. Um, but yeah, but I mean, the targets look absolutely great. You know, I think we've got a, we've got a thing there. It's um, we we just couldn't believe that. And our scientists, uh, we, we, I don't know how. When did we stumble across that fact that we we didn't know why these archery targets or the circles were were the, were the sizes they were? Because like you know, a, know. a fifty meter. Olympic archery target, the yellow, the gold, is about 4.8 inches across. And we were thinking, why have they picked 4.8 inches? It just yeah. seemed to be such an arbitrary system, such an arbitrary number they've just decided on. So we thought, well, it's got to be, a, you know, why not just use rifle marksmanship competitions where they use, you know, um, you, you know, they measure the, the, the group sizes in inches, but obviously from hundreds of yards. Well, we'll just measure the group sizes inches, but from tens of yards. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed related, to straight, yeah, it related really well. Um, and obviously, it gave, it gave you a, a nice little scoring system. And then um, that that uh, we need to get that sorted. Actually, we need to, we do need to do the first world championship. We need to kind of get that all plan, panned out because um, yeah, we're trying to do that this year, weren't we? Yeah, we will we'll get that done. We will get that done. We have to because it was it's the the kind of knockout system that we've developed and and sort out sounds really really cool in my head um that's the Absolutely. kind of conversations that we were having so so those papers you're going to shoot at them shoot on them tomorrow yeah i'll have a little bit tomorrow yeah yeah i'll i'll, I'll check that i'm sure the 200 will be way too thick i don't think it'll roll very nicely either yeah if we've got sort of five or ten in it in a pack then we might not get them in nicely and um, as soon as the one three, one three five and once even the 120 seems Thicker and heavier duty than the than the ones we've got at the moment. Cool. Um, we'll just have to, I'll just have to see, yeah. 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 And then um, and then what I'll do once oh, me and me and she want to come over to Derby because um, we've got after about our scan, we'll um, we're gonna come and see her mum. So um, uh, I'm gonna leave her at her mum's house and stuff because I can't spend any length of time there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll 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 um, Probably over to you, and then we'll, we'll just spend an afternoon just we need to, hammering them. We need to go to um, our accountant as well, so we need to do that sometime in February, March. Ah, awesome! Um, so yeah. whenever you come over, let me know when you come over, and I'll book a book a meeting in for that as well. Awesome! Is that the same guy that does your photography? Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I had a meeting with him yesterday, actually. Yeah, it was really cool. cool. So yeah, that's all all planned, all planned out, planned out, and spot on. I'm looking forward to seeing those. They'll be they'll be really cool. And, yeah. yeah, I mean the print quality is, is I mean, it, it looks great anyway. It looks just looks so sharp. The logo looks great. Just the the simple layout. Um, we'll have to we'll have to put a, a, a you know a little JPEG up. Oh, definitely. See for the podcast. Um, but very very clear. You know, we've got like a very uh, the center dot is is um, is black. It's exactly an inch um, with a small white plus small white cross. You know, crosshair. Um, it's just not. It's just amazing to focus on you know yeah um and you get just get instant feedback about the, the group sizes because if you you know if you shoot your arrow if you shoot an arrow and it lands you're in the three inch circle well you know that's a that's that's the three inch group yeah more or less you know, if, you shoot, if you shoot all of the arrows and, and you know you shoot 10 arrows and, and that gives you your accuracy rating over. yeah it gives you an average you know and you can just, 
you can use that to train, you can use that to give instant feedback, and it's it's just yeah, it's, they're just nice to shoot on. That's the, that's the only word I can yeah, say. Yeah, looking forward. So once Very once nice we got those shoot. out, I'll we'll, we'll go and take them down to Merlin and, and get them stocked in the Merlin shop as well because uh, absolutely that'd be fantastic. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna have to do it. Even if they only stock a few. Oh yeah, they will do. They will do. They've kind of already agreed, so we'll uh, mm. we'll get those in. That's not a problem. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be cool. Mm. Right. Uh, there we go. There's another episode all finished. Have you got any? It's your turn to do the parting. I think I did one last time, so it's your turn to do the the parting thought. See if you Ooh, can come up right. with one. Well, I might yeah. take take something away from. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name now. Barry Manilow. Uh, Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Oh, good old Ty Lopez. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, the, the knowledge guy. <laughs> that guy. Um, he has he had a very interesting talk on a little whiteboard where he said um, there's kind of like three things that um, uh, that kind of hold, not hold people back, but that you need to consider if you're going forward with a project or if it's just anything in your daily life or business life or personal life, work life, whatever. Yeah. Um, he says first you need you need the you need the knowledge or the the expertise of you know, about what you're going to do. You know, if you're opening a, a pizza, pizza store, or a, um, if you're trying to write a book or something or trying to do something, you need to, you need to have the knowledge to be able to go forwards and know what you're talking about and know how to approach it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like the first stage. The second stage is to have a plan um, about how you're going to achieve what you're going to do. Okay, well, if you write a book, well, maybe I should try and get the contents page done first. Maybe I should try and, um, you know, get my touch typing up to speed first so so that when I actually start to write it will go smoothly or whatever, whatever the plan will be. And then the third stage is just to, just to execute the plan. Um, so kind of like three stages, you know, grab the knowledge or get the knowledge whatever way you can, make a plan about how you're going to do the project or do the task or, or venture, and then just do it. Just do um, it. And this is a lot of the time people will make the mistake of jumping straight to the execution phase or, or, the, or the actual yeah. doing phase. yeah. And they'll just, you know, you, uh, I've, I've done that in the past where I've, I've started to write things, you know, start book projects when I haven't done the requisite planning or the requisite research. And it just, it just stalls straight away because you just, you end up starting over and over again. You end up doing like 20 different intros or yeah. you end up just like starting new, new, new word files. Okay, well, I'll try it differently. I'll try it this way this time, you know. Um, so that's what I'd say, yeah. Knowledge, what is it? Knowledge. A plan and then execute. Brilliant. Something like that. Spot on. Knowledge. Something like that. Knowledge. <laughs> Get some knowledge in you. Perfect. Yeah. Right, spot on. Cheers, Ash. And uh, cool. I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, have a good day tomorrow, guys. Take care. Virtual high five coming in. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. See you later. <laughs>